AKA Roadside Shaman on Instagram. And I guess this is a fireside chat. I suppose that's what it is or it will be if I ever send it. Of course I'm going to send it. I pushed record, didn't I? I pushed that scary red button. I'm by my fire. I lit my candle for the first time in <coughs> a while. Days and days and days, it seems. I don't know exactly because I wasn't counting them, um, but updates for anyone that was listening along or is curious, I, um, I have completed my castor oil pack treatment. I did all 21 slash 22 days of it, and then I stopped. Well, that's fine, because it was supposed to be that long, but for some reason I thought that maybe it would evolve into an actual daily routine, something that I would do, like, on the daily, and that didn't happen, and I don't know why that is, except for that it's not necessary, um, and so I've been looking around, thinking pondering, whatever you want to call it, um, trying to figure out what is called for, what would be helpful. Um, and the daily routine is still needed. And it needs to shift. It needs to be mutable. It needs to change. It, the daily routine can't be rigid um, it, it just needs to have key elements but there needs to be flexibility there um, my my body system went through some interesting challenges over the past week or two um, I developed a sty in my eye, which I don't even really want to talk about. I debated whether I would even mention it, mention it on the recording, but there it is. Like, I can label it so that I can fully release it for what it was. Um, if you don't know what a sty is, it's like a um, when one of the, like, oil glands in your eyelid or the... Um, it's not really oil. It's like the liquid that keeps your eyes lubricated or whatever. They're, they are produced on the inside of your eyelid. That or like um, one of the eyelash hair follicles. Like if one of those gets blocked, impeded, um, it backs up. And it's just like getting a, a blemish, like a zit or a pimple or whatever. or um, Anywhere, like you would anywhere on your body. But in the case of your eye, it can become pretty painful and distracting and um, it can impede your vision um, and if it's not you know treated if it's not if 
they usually self-resolve just with um, like hot compresses for a few days, but sometimes they can become infected or become abscessed and require surgery. They can um, become more uh, elaborate medical situation, but by and large, it's just a run-of-the-mill typical occurrence in managing the human body vessel. It wasn't um, an inordinately unusual experience. It just was unpleasant, uncomfortable, distracting, drained me of resources, um, disabled me from performing my typical duties or my desired activities. It, 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 you know, it nudged me towards the well of depression. I don't know that I fell in, but I was definitely clinging onto the edge for a minute while I climbed out, you know? Um, and this, uh, lighting my candle this morning was like, you know, throwing my leg over the edge of the wall and, you know, finally (laughs) getting my ass up into sunlight for the first time. And like I said, days or a week, maybe, um, that's what it is to live with, uh, uh, mood variability that I have, you know, I, I have, uh, some ebbs and flows to my energetic, uh, volume. That's a good way to put that. There's ebbs and flows. There's tides in my energies. There's tides in my energies. So, yeah. I mean, I did, I did it, you guys. I did the treatment. And it was insufficient, I guess. Or, I don't know, I don't know what it means that I didn't get the level of, um, transformation in my skin and in my scar tissues and my wound that I didn't get the amount of restoration that I was hoping for or expecting I don't know what it means that I got a sty in my eye like I know the human body is the human body and stuff happens but I'm really like I'm used to figuring out the root cause of, of physiological or medical issues so that they don't resurface, so they don't keep coming back. Like, I really, I love the whole idea of one and done. I love that fractal concept of spiritual development, of learning a lesson and, and really getting it, you know, not having to, <coughs> not having to do it over and over again. I mean, I hated worksheets when I was a kid. Busy work. No, I don't want to do another page of times tables, equations. And fuck you for inventing log division, but, you know, while we're at it, let me just say. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm sure long division is very useful technology and people enjoy it. Um, But the point is, I like to just learn the lesson and move on to learn something new. Um, and this body work, this <clears throat> holding vision of my own wellness, it's taken a lot of testing over the years and a lot of polishing and a lot of refining. And I thought that, I think that I feel that there was a certain set point of function. And so whenever my bodily function dips below that set point, I get a little confused and dysregulated. Um, I just, you know, I don't get sick anymore. That's the agreement. The agreement is this body does not get sick anymore. And so when things come up that are limiting to my functions and I have to engage in restorative work and um, allow myself time for 
uh, integration and primarily for allowing time for restoration and digestion which is the thing that this system needs a, a generous amount of in order to function appropriately if I focus on those things then the body works reasonably um, well and sometimes even beyond expectations sometimes you know radically beyond expectations um, but the fact that me getting a sty in my eye was able to knock me into this little like seven to ten day funk it feels a little bit unreasonable you know but at the same time, I'm like, but did you go to the doctor? No. But did it infection flare? No. But did you have any other sort of complications from this? No. So like the treatment worked, the modality worked, the restoration and introspection worked to stem the tide of um, assault on my body vessel it turned the tides, you know, but it costs me. It's not like a quick solution of like, here's your pill, take your pill and you're fine. Or, you know, if it was a mechanical problem that required surgery, then yeah, I would have done that. But, um, thankfully I was able to treat it without those types of interventions um, without those pathological and invasive perspectives being included in the conversation I could focus on my version of events and so that outcome was the one with the highest likelihood of manifestation it was the most focused so here I am at 544 a.m. on Tuesday December 18th 2018 and I can see fine my eye doesn't feel puffy I have no redness I I may still have some bruising left from the process from the experience so in other words there may be still some visible signs of the experience but by and large it's resolved I'm gonna keep uh, treating it at least for another probably two or maybe three days with hot compresses just to make sure there is no residual trap material anywhere um, and to ensure that everything's moisturized and flowing freely, like, I, I'm just going to make sure. But it appears as though I've made it through this particular storm. And it's funny how such a tiny little seemingly insignificant issue or wound can throw this delicate system into such disorder and disarray um, it's very strange like I mean I've been through a lot in this life and it's like I don't know it's like a, a samurai warrior getting waylaid by a paper cut or something it's just when you've beaten things like autoimmune conditions or cancer diagnoses or um, chronic uh, illness of any kind or if you've handled chronic pain in any of its iterations, the, the prospect of dealing with a sty seems pretty minimal, but I think it was the impediment to my vision that really disrupted me. like. Not being able to see and focus clearly, it just made me feel like all my senses were cloudy, all my senses were foggy somehow. 
I guess this is like my version of um, morning papers, morning pages. What do they call it? Morning pages. You know, when somebody has a personal practice that they fill out or read in the morning and there's usually some sort of journaling component. This is an audio journal. But without any regularity to the expression, it's not serving me to um, <clears throat> strengthen my internal scaffolding, my internal structures need more scaffolding until they really firm up on their own. The, the weight of supporting them is just isn't there, you know? It reminds me of like how much my back used to hurt like all the time because I had no core muscles whatsoever. I had no abdominal support, like just virtually none. I mean, it was, it was a mess. My back was constantly aching and in pain and it was because of the effortfulness it was enduring just to keep me in a certain position posture, you know, upright or seated or, you know, what, whatever. It just took so much effort because the muscles were so weak and unstable. <clears throat> it took years of conditioning through intuitive movement, through spiritual gesticulation, through random uh, spa spasming, like the electrical firing in my gut has been next level I uh, yeah I mean I want, do I really want to talk about that part not really am I gonna do it anyway yeah I guess I don't know how deep I'm going to go into this, but I'll tell you part of it anyway, because I don't know. I don't know how upset or triggered I feel like being this morning. <laughs> but suffice it to say, the random spasms and um, muscular cramping, nervous pain, uh, spasming, weird sensations that I've had in my lower abdomen over the past 13 plus years because my child just turned 13 in November um, over these past 13 years it it's it's just well it's just next level it rewired my understanding of how my body could or was supposed to work because this is the thing is that like I don't think I was really in my body I didn't get in my body until he came into my body if that makes sense I I remote operated most of the time if that if that makes sense I I know this will sound wackadoodle but um it's my sensory experience it's my version of events from a somatic perspective it's my history told through my eyes where I was standing and I can tell you that for the broad majority of my life where I was standing was about ceiling height I I watched from above outside of my body um, I, I don't really know how to explain it other than just by saying that I, I, 
my awareness point, my observational point, my observational viewpoint was not located internally from within my body. It was located externally. Um, my, this vessel, this corpus, um, endured a lot of really intense experiences as a child. And I believe that some of the coping mechanisms the psyche created in response to that was a dislocation of the how, how do I tell you this uh, the dislocation of the interoceptive self um, if you think about your oh I know how to explain this okay 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 I know how to explain this this is this is this will work this will work this will work okay you guys know the term center of gravity right center of gravity like oh he got knocked off the center of gravity or oh his center of gravity is pushed off you know like um misaligned because they're carrying something heavy or um when someone gets pregnant that's a perfect example their, their center of gravity shifts significantly because they're carrying a large degree of additional volume in their body that they're not used to, and it's lower down, and so um, their center of gravity shifts within their corpus. Okay, so for perceiving, for taking in sensory input, auditory, olfactory, visual, sensory, um, energetic, you know, all those different vectors, my point of integration, in other words, where all of those signals unify and combine and integrate was anywhere from, you know, the top of my head all the way up to the ceiling, or if I was outdoors, you know, higher than that. Um, but several feet above my head was where I would usually watch from. So you can imagine like as a child I felt like I was taller than I was and I still I still do oftentimes uh, have that kind of dysmorphic experience that I really perceive myself as being taller than I physiologically am and then I, you know, go up and stand next to someone or hug them or see a picture standing next to someone. And I go, oh, gosh, I'm really only five foot six and three quarters. I'm not even five seven anymore. <laughs> I used to be five seven before I lost weight. Can you believe that? I had enough fat on my body to add height. Whew, Nelly. Whew. I, I used to be 5'7". Now I'm only 5'6 and 3 quarters. <laughs> uh, so center of gravity shifted. My locus of perception shifted. It used to be way, way up high. And in this process of embodiment, right? Because people talk about enlightenment. In the spiritual path, they talk about seeking enlightenment or ascension. And I can only tell you that my perception of my spiritual path, my spiritual experience is the opposite of that. It has never been one of enlightenment. Rather, it has been one of embodiment. It has never been one of ascension. Rather, it has been one of integration. So... Um, The whole thing of like high, low, up, down, good, bad, black, white, that whole like duality thing, I, I really, I don't, I don't like to land on those modules. I, I don't like to use those, I don't like to use those labels for, for what it is that we're 
processing or experiencing. It, uh, it just doesn't serve. It's, it's inaccurate to my experience. And so those labels don't really serve a purpose for this vessel in this season. Sorry, that's probably rude to just like crack my knuckles into the mic. <laughs> oh, lordy. I mean, I'm, assu I'm assuming it's picking up. It seems like the microphones on these phones pick up everything. Like, if you ever thought you were hiding anything from those uh, spies on the other line, no, you're not hiding any of it. I had a conversation with my family last night out to dinner and, um, we were talking about the Fitbit. My parents both use the Fitbit to measure their physical activities and keep track of their sleeping patterns and all that stuff. You know, their, their cyborg intelligence or whatever. <laughs> they, they're comfortable with that technology, clearly. And we were talking about that. And uh, my phone was off. It was in my purse, you know. My phone wasn't even on. But... When I got home later that evening and I turned on my phone and I started scrolling through Instagram, what's the first ad that pops up in my feed on Instagram? Whose account is po sponsored post? Sponsored post by whom? Fitbit. Fitbit. <laughs> that creeps me the f Fitbit fuck out I don't like thinking about the AI I know that it's there obviously it's there otherwise it wouldn't be working our lives wouldn't have the technological interconnectivity that it does if it weren't for the AI you know um, but again it's scaffolding it's not the real structure the real structure is the telepathy the scaffolding is the AI and the technological synchronistic labels that it slaps on everything it's sort of like one of those kids books with all the pictures on it and then they have the word labels attached to them so it's like if you don't know this is an apple this is an apple if you don't know this is a truck this is a truck you know like flashcards I feel like that's what those little AI uh blurbs are when when we see through the the synchronistic language that we are truly heard i mean you can take it how you take it you can turn it into an evil evil conspiracy of our technocracy but i don't choose to look at it that way i choose to look at it as us as a broad human intelligence exploring and experimenting with the process of expanding consciousness I have to listen back to that sentence I don't even know if that sounded right That's what happens when distraction rolls in. It like file deletes the last few um, records from what actually made it through the oral portal. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Do you guys thump your thymus? I hope you do. Look at the silverback. They know what's up. Thump that thymus. I think my emotions are a little bit sensitive or raw to really be digging into this whole electro 
magnetic, spasmodic experience of my gut. It's just making me nervous to talk about for some reason. Probably because it's the nexus of my spirituality and my scientific understandings. That's where it all happens, in the body. That integration of my spiritual self and my logical, reasoned, uh, intellectual self, those things are integrated within the body. And I was deeply disintegrated for a long portion of my life. As I said, I operated from outside of my body most of the time. It wasn't until I was pregnant with Truman and I really was focused on protecting him and his environment aka my body like I started caring about this body when something I cared about more than this body needed to hang out in this body <laughs> sort of like cleaning up for company you know like you'll live in your house you'll have your magazines on the coffee table or your pile of laundry on the floor or your dishes in the sink or your toothpaste in the counter or whatever you know metaphorically speaking you've got clutter and mess around the house and if company's coming well you tidy up a little bit usually most people most humans and so when Truman took residence in this vessel I was like well this will not do surely not Surely, surely not this. I'm expected to live here for nine months. More like ten. Because we count pregnancies weird. I mean, if a pregnancy is 40 weeks and months are four weeks on average, why isn't it ten months? Why do they always say we're pregnant for nine months? Because calendars are bullshit. That's the reminder that you're under a time spell. Nobody counts anything accurately or right anymore. At least not the way we ought to. <clears throat> not the way we're gonna anymore. We're gonna start counting things differently now. So when he showed up, somewhere around oh I can remember the date because I had to answer that question so many fucking times can you believe that when was the date of your last menstrual period I had so many medical appointments and when you drive a, f a human vessel that's like the first question they ask you you know, after you step off the scale, the first thing they ask you is, when was your last period? And mine was January 1st, I mean, sorry, January 21st, January 21st, 2006. My last period began January 21st, 2006. I had had to, um, well, I don't want to talk about the nursing. I don't, I definitely don't, I'm not emotionally, I'm not in a state to bring up my journey with nursing. Oh my God. There was a lot there, you guys. There was just a lot there. 
So, once he was in residence, I started really caring a whole heck of a lot better how this body functioned, about what was going into it and was being kept away from it. I just, I changed everything after that point. Um, I'm not going to talk about food. Food's too many triggers. I'll talk about media consumption because that changed dramatically after pregnancy. Um, there was a really specific incident, but, you know, background story is I used to be a huge horror movie fan. I loved horror movies, science fiction, um, thrillers, action. I mean, I grew up watching Jean-Claude Van Damme and Cynthia Rothrock and, you know, monster movies and aliens, uh, Star Trek, all that stuff. Like I, I loved all of those, um, that whole, any of those genre, like it involved special effects and makeup. I was all about it. I wasn't scared by any of it because I knew the mythology, the falseness of it, the, the play acting of it. I wasn't scared by any of it because I knew it was caro syrup and Kool-Aid, you know, it wasn't blood and guts. It was, well, it might've been some of those things were probably animal guts back when they did it that way. But anyways, the point is I wasn't, uh, I wasn't scared about any of it. I wasn't worried about any of it. I wasn't grossed out by any of it. And then came a lovely little movie called the grudge. (laughs) And when I say like, I wasn't scared by it. I need you to understand. Like I literally was, I was a fan I collected vintage horror movies. I had like Rosemary's Baby and like, I don't know, just, I just loved, I worked on them. Oh, hi. That's proof that you're not scared of it. You worked there. I used to work on um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's full of gore and action and scary dark themes, you know? Demons from Hell, that's pretty dark material. Um, So I really wasn't scared of it. And then I saw The Grudge while pregnant. And I don't know about other pregnant people. And I don't know if it matters for other pregnant people or if this happens for everyone or if it's just specifically that movie with me and my pregnancy. But let me tell you what. I went and saw that movie and I went probably seven or eight years before I saw another horror movie after that. I just stopped altogether. I just wouldn't go there. I wouldn't watch any horror movies. I wouldn't watch scary movies of any kind. Um, I saw The Grudge while I was pregnant. I went home and I had a dream that was so real in that like deep hormonal soup that you're cooking in while you're pregnant that I just went, well, that's just never happening again. (laughs) I'm not ever going to experience that. And I mean, I didn't, I never had another dream like that, but, um, I also have never watched that movie again. I get really creeped out whenever people talk about it or if people like do the weird, like fast, fast rack motion of like stop motion thing of like, you know, I, uh, I was deeply impacted by it. And after that point, I changed my consumption patterns radically. I changed my experience. I used to be a huge horror movie fan and I quit entirely cold Turkey after one dream, one bad experience. It was like, nope, that's not happening again. And it was just that mark. It was like a line in the sand. And there's a lot of stuff in my life that shifted like that. Not at that point in time chronologically, but with that level of significance. Like it was just like there was the way you used to do things and then the way things that we do things now. There was, you know, how we used to operate and how we operate now. There were things we used to tolerate and how 
we don't tolerate those things anymore. Things we used to be able to experience that we can't experience anymore. Um, there's just so many differences in how I move through this universe. And it really started with getting into my body. But I swear I didn't want to be here until he was. I was always more focused on getting off planet before he got here. You know, I just, I just never felt like there. How do I explain this? I felt like I would have, I would be put to better use somewhere else. I felt misaligned misassigned something like that I, I don't really know how to explain it all I know is this body was a very challenging place to hang out in and around for a long time and it started getting a little bit easier to hang out in, which I think made it a little bit harder, honestly, for people around me to hang around. <laughs> the things that I was doing with my body, in my body, around my body, in order to make it okay for me to be in my body, sometimes made it harder for the other humans to be around this body. Sometimes, not all the time. But yeah, so. This is a long pre preface. And it's, I guess, because I'm uncomfortable talking about the gut stuff, the, the electro stuff in my gut. Well, whatever. Who cares? You guys aren't going to think I'm crazy. You believe in spirituality and biology, don't you? <clears throat> the mesenterium is a organ system in the body, um, kind of like a net around our guts. Um, but it's my understanding that it works as communication or, or regulation uh, pathways between the nervous system and the digestive system. Um, in other words, from the central nervous system and your gut digestive system. So um, it's kind of like a network of seismic uh, uh, sensory equipment and then all is tied together at a central hub and that that central hub communicates with your central nervous system and that goes back to your brain and it's all part of your consciousness and blah 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 so I feel like um, within my body um, after I delivered after I gave birth and it was a surgical delivery because a lot of medical complications um, but we had a surgical delivery and after he was out of me, I still kept feeling the sensation of him moving inside me. In other words, I still felt pregnant. And I had these like weird sensations that I couldn't really wrap my brain around. Like, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? It feels like the baby's moving in me, but it's, there he is over there, you know? And this went on literally for years after the birth where I would have these random spasmodic internal flickering sensations that felt like um, were reminiscent of the early flick, 
flickers of sensation from pregnancy, like from about, you know, that 16 to 24 week period, um, when you feel sensations, but you know, a lot of times people on outside the body can't feel or see anything, but the mother can definitely feel the baby's movement internally. I had that sensation, those, those sensations for years afterwards to the point where like I was taking pregnancy tests. Like I had no period, you guys. I had no period. I wasn't having sex like at all probably during that time, maybe a few times, you know, a handful of times. Um, uh, probably too much information, but like just the equipment didn't work right for me. There was no access to that part of my anatomy for a long time. Um, uh, I felt there was no reasonable justification for me believing that I was pregnant, but I kept worrying or feeling like maybe I was. And then like the worrying turned into hoping I would be. And then the hoping felt like I was terrified of being. And then the terrifying felt like, oh my God, desperation. What if I'm not like, please let me be. And so like, I would go through that cycle over and over again. And every once in a while I would succumb to that question or anxiety or whatever delusion I don't know what you want to call it and I'd take a pregnancy test just to be sure right it was always negative and I was always hit with this double whammy wave of disappointment and relief and, and I could never really quite figure out which emotion was my true emotion in response to it but all I know is it was a deeply torturous experience and so I just asked God to make it stop. I went to like an emergency, um, what do they call it? A crisis pregnancy center, you know? But it was like one of those Christian ones where they talk you out of doing anything to help your crisis, basically. Um, I only ever got panic attacks going into those places. Uh, so I don't go in them anymore. But the point is, I went there, I took a pregnancy test, and... I was really convinced that time. I was for sure and certain, no, this is it. Like, I know for sure because this feels exactly like the same. And when I wasn't, again, I just, I basically just asked God to stop poking me. I said, please stop. Like, if you're talking to me, if you're sending me some sort of message or whatever, I don't like this message this way. Please stop. And the pulses, the sensations, the, um, the movement stopped that day and it didn't come back until I, um, started experiencing the, um, the Kundalini activation symptoms that I've had over the past several years. Um, those symptoms went away. They stopped and they never came back. And now I kind of like don't really know what they were because my body was so different back then and I was perceiving it from such a different location. It's really difficult for me to reinterpret those sensate signals and like retroactively diagnose myself. Like I don't really know what it was, but I know that it felt really uncomfortable and I just didn't want it to happen anymore so it didn't I mean because sometimes it was just felt like a baby moving and sometimes it felt like I got a charlie horse in my stomach like in my abdomen like picture like the worst leg cramp in your life but going diagonally from your pubic bone back through your belly button up to your rib cage right are you getting that image worst charlie horse of your life you've ever had ready feel it Feel the Charlie horse, that like cramp, weird feeling in your leg. Okay, there's that. Now move that spasm and link it from your rib cage down through your belly button into your pubic bone like a lightning bolt and just hold it there for a minute. 
until it gradually forgets about it and releases and starts to unwind. And that would happen on the regular. I mean, just some days, just like over and over and over again to the point where I was taking antispasmodic medication, antipsychotic medication, uh, nervous system suppressant medication, like all kinds of um, just bizarre cocktails of chemical abridgments and supports for my uh, electrical misfiring. I mean, nerve pain is just electrical misfiring. It's messages being, <clears throat> too many messages being sent or messages being interpreted in a really intense way. So that's what was happening part of what was happening so I'm glad that I don't experience that very often anymore I still do sometimes when I get gastroparesis it's definitely like you know uh, you know waking uh, former enemy to slay them again it's not pleasant but that mesenterium, that mesenteric connection, that mesenteric communication is definitely there. I just choose whether or not to access it, choose whether or not to tune into it and receive it. Um, and what I've learned is the more I tune into my gut and listen to it, the more softly the gut speaks they don't have to shout at me because I'm listening yeah so I think that'll pretty much explain it it's a uh, spiritual communication flow that transmits signals via electromagnetic energy from your gut to your brain but the mechanism is the mesenterium I mean if you believe in spirituality that's the mechanical uh explanation so-called of those experiences that's the best way to put that I guess or the best way I can put it today <laughs> before it's even 6 30 in the morning oh boy I should be done with this I can't believe I just talked for almost an hour I didn't think I would have anything at all remotely to say. But apparently there's just too much. There's too much to say and it's all blocked up inside me. That's what the sty was about. It was expressive flow. Blocked, impeded. I can't talk out my eyes. <laughs> it was cries I didn't express heart craze I didn't express tears I didn't shed that's what the sty was it was tears I didn't shed words I didn't speak so I'm speaking So I'm speaking. And hopefully in the speaking there will be healing and restoration. There'll be reconciliation. There'll be light. There'll be ease and grace and mercy. And there'll be a, a strengthening of that internal core 
so that if my scaffolding blows away in the storm, I don't collapse completely under the weight of my own bullshit. If the scaffolding gets blown away in the storm, I don't want to collapse under the weight of my own bullshit. So I need shoring up. I need strengthening internally. I need to really um, nourish, nourish those internal structures, feed them. And I think that comes from routine, from ritual, from the iterative overlay. Many, 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 many strands in a thread. Many strands in a thread. Yeah. <clears throat> So that's your gut. That's my gut. That's what it does. It sends you messages. It gives you messages. It tells you what's up. It talks to you. Listen to your gut and it will lead you to deep truths. It'll help you see around corners. Your gut are the eyes in the back of your head. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that makes sense to me. But I think this should be it. I think this will, this will need to be it. So Routine is happening. Ritual is building. I don't know what that will mean for the episodes of Fireside Chat as far as like how often they'll be generated because I don't know that my previous production flow was um, ideal and I don't know that my current production outflow is ideal. But I have a suspicion that somewhere between those two ranges is going to be where I land. Not daily, not weekly, but maybe somewhere in between. And the fact that I have other modes of expression, other outlets, um, other channels, so-called, to flow through means that I don't necessarily have to um, express through this channel as frequently. As Mark said um, in one of my most recent messages with him, sometimes less is more. So you guys tell me if my less is more or if you want more, more or less. <laughs> Can you more or less tell me if you want more or less? Is less really more? Uh, yeah, because I'm a one and done sort of person, right? Isn't that what we said? Unless you need a do-over and we live in the, the land of infinite do-overs, the miracle um, of the Millican Mulligan get to do it over again infinite chances infinite chances chances in our house but if you can get it right the first time boy howdy do we like that one and done my son one and done yeah one and done and I think we are done for today anyway except to say chihololi which means i love you and chokma chapisalacho which means hello i will see you as the chickasaw have no word for goodbye <laughs>